Hello, my friends. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Weird Mythic Podcast. Oh, my goddess. It has been cold. Now, I don't know. I'll admit that living in Northern California, we are spoiled with the wonderful hot weather, and it's just really great in the spring and fall. Summers are insanely hot, but for me, I like the 100, 104 degree weather. I'm totally cool with it. So having it below 45 degrees is way too much for me. But although it's cold, you know, I still like to get out and, you know, go outside if it, if it ain't raining and storming and shit. I was able to go on that 10 mile hike about two weeks ago. And then about a week ago, I did, I did go on a hike, but I did like totally just walk around and mob all over downtown for like seven or eight miles. So that was on flat grounds. It was a lot easier and didn't seem like it took as long, but oh my goodness, 10 mile hike up and down is insane. And for, for those who like maybe are looking for places to go hike in Northern California, I highly suggest going to San Francisco and going up to Muir Woods, which isn't in San Francisco, but like for me it is, you know. <laughs> but Muir Woods is great. It is beautiful. I've done about four of the different hiking trails there and still have hella more to go. And even though I want to hide because it's cold and I want to be inside, I still got to get up and move, man. So trying to stay active during this cold weather. But, you know, just bundle up, go outside. And, you know, my favorite thing, this is so cool. I almost forgot to to let you guys know that when I went on that 10 mile hike, I saw a raven, not totally out of the normal, you know, see all kinds of crows and ravens, different wildlife. But this one legit was just like ahead of me on, on the walking trail, just like chilling just like you saw his head bobbing and he's moving his feet like he's dancing a little bit i was like cool a raven took some pictures then he noticed stuff and like you know flew up next to the side of the walkway and watched us let us take pic that is louie i am sorry guys you will hear him again <laughs> so anyways saw this this big old raven he let me take pictures and i told him he was beautiful and kept on walking you know well get underneath the canopy and come back out under the canopy. And no joke, I'm in this meadow and we all sat down and wanted to smoke a blunt and hang out and catch our breath because we were like good five, six miles in at this point. And no joke, we saw the raven. I don't know if it was the same one. I don't know. But it was really cool. And he stayed there and like squawked at us a little bit. And then we left and about three more miles or so, you know, we were coming out into another clearing and we could see the ocean from here, which was really great. And that was like the whole point of the hike is to get up to the top so we could see the ocean. No joke. Again, guys, I heard squawking. So we're all looking around going, no fucking way is that raven back. Yo, I have a picture of this raven or crow in a tree staring at us squawking. I have three pictures in three different locations and it was just so cool. Now, I know seeing a raven can be a good omen in like, I, I believe like Norse mythology, but I was talking to my mom and she's like, I got to look that up. There's something about that. I was like, I know, right? It was just really cool. So she informed me that seeing the crow is like, uh, is like a, like a spirit animal type of guide to let somebody know that whatever is like, like whatever's on your mind, things that you've been thinking about is actually, it's going to come to like fruition. It's going to 
something is going to, there's going to be an action taken. And this is kind of showing you like you're going in the right direction. And that just like blew my mind because I know very little about spirit animals. And I just thought it was really cool. So if anybody else has any like uh, spirituality things or omens or anything that has to do with the crow or a raven and seeing it three different times, send it my way to weirdmythicpodcast at gmail.com or put it in the comments or something just because I thought it was so neat. And I have a thing with threes. If it happens once, hella cool. If it happens twice, all right, we'll keep an eye on it. Three is a pattern. And as soon as that happens a third time, I am very much like, that was on purpose. That was the same Raven. Why wouldn't it be? So let me know what you guys think about that. (laughs) And I mean, okay, okay. So this is the second episode of 2024. And I know I am behind. I have no consistency. I'm obviously not that new year, new me type of person. But you know, shit happens. I'm on the computer all the all day for work. And then I come home and get high. And I'm like, do I really want to get on the computer? And in my head, I'm like, yes, yes, bitch, get online. (laughs) I really just the whole weekend got away from me. I've actually had this episode typed out for a few days. and I just did not sit down, take the time to record. So I do apologize about my lack of consistency. I am honestly trying to work on that. I know I said that in 2023. But I am trying to work on that. So just bear with me or if you got any tips, tricks of the trade for being consistent, send them my way because, you know, I might need it. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and get started. I want to talk about something weird. I've always been fascinated with cemeteries. I've been fascinated with death rituals. Something that I've always found interesting are necropolis, like the cities of the dead. The one I ever like stumbled upon or the first one I heard of was the necropolis that is under the Vatican. And for those who don't know what a necropolis is, it really is city of the dead. It's and I kind of explain it later on also that it's pretty much like an open air cemetery, but it's so much more than that. So just bear with me to the end so I can really describe what I believe a necropolis is instead of just a giant open air cemetery or city of the dead. So, yes, for those who don't know. There is a huge, and I mean huge, necropolis under St. Peter's Basilica in the Vatican, in Rome, you know, where the Pope is, okay? There is a huge city of dead underneath it, about 12 meters below the basilica, which I believe comes out to about 32 feet, or I read somewhere that it's five stories below the basilica. So this is like, insane underneath the ground, okay? And this necropolis is actually lower than the Vatican grottos, which are like underground roads, hallways, pathways, and walkways. So they do kind of have some overlap in some of the stories. I truly just try to get away from anything with the Vatican grottos because that's not where my focus was. But I read in multiple spots was don't get them confused. So I'm like, all right, cool. So the grottos, underground roads, hallways, pathways, walkways, we're talking about the Vatican Necropolis, which is the city of the dead, which is actually lower than where they found the grottos. So a little bit of a history lesson for all of us. Rome was built in 753 BCE. And this entire time since it's been being built into the city, into what we know Rome was and is today, 
that geologists have said that Rome itself has risen between five to 20 meters. So this actually, and I, I, I wish I had it written down if that's per year or per this entire time or some odd years or whatever. But just think about that, that this creates a whole lot of underground layers throughout the Earth's like time. Like think about it, you know, geologists are studying everything with rocks and dirt and soil and they're like, no, this is all different things. And the fact that it's rising just creates more layers. So finding underground pathways, even old churches and temples from the Roman Empire and the Byzantine Empire are found often when there are renovations or some type of construction going on in Rome. In 1940, the Vatican wanted to bury the body of Pope Pius the Ninth near St. Peter's Basilica near St. Peter. This started the excavations to place the Pope near the Basilica. It was already assumed by pretty much everybody in Christianity that St. Peter was buried beneath the Basilica. And that's where this Pope wanted to be buried. So they're like, all right, let's fulfill his wishes and let's start some, you know, renovations and excavations on the Basilica to place this Pope where he wanted to be buried. So when archaeologists started the excavation, they found multiple graves that dated back to the fourth century. As they continued to dig, they found so much more than just graves. The ground almost seemed to like open up and they saw 1st and 5th century burials, a mix of burial sites from pagans and Christians, some with clay, some with stone. One of the first things that was unearthed was a brick building that was from the 2nd and or the 4th century. And this was the first Petrine Basilica. And I know I say Basilica a few times. It's a large oblong hall, okay, with like multiple columns. So yeah, architecture very specific with their names. <laughs> so archaeologists unearthed what could only be described as an open air cemetery. Hi, Louie. So archaeologists unearthed what could only be described as an open air cemetery. As they dug, they found a double line of burial buildings. Now these buildings had paintings and mosaics all along the walls some private tombs for those of the higher class status. They continue to dig and earth so much that was just lost to all of us. This is 15 mausoleums, pagan and Christian tombs together, even a 1600-year-old temple that is from Emperor Constantine. All of this was buried beneath the Vatican, plus so much more. Now, Let's go back in time just a little bit, okay? So the necropolis, the necropolis use actually started in the 6th century BCE. This was used by ancient people of Italy called the Etruscan. They were pagans with just many, many villages all over Italy. They had started the necropolis, and you could actually see their culture depicted all over the walls. And even some Romans adopted parts of their culture once the Romans came in. And once the Romans took control, they decided to keep the necropolis. Now, Caligula, which was in 37 CE, started to build a circus across from this necropolis. 
this is not like what we would picture as a circus, uh, maybe some entertainment, but honestly, it included a lot of chariot races, which had to deal with death, a lot of reenactments of people dying, and a lot of uh, Christian martyrs were murdered and or just sacrificed here. So it's not like we're thinking of a circus, but Caligula decided to build the circus across from the necropolis because of how much death was going on at the circus. It was honestly just easier for him to put the bodies over there. And this didn't stop. The Emperor Nero actually finished building the circus and he would execute even more Christians at the circus. And this circus was also where St. Peter and St. Paul were martyred. So the necropolis was right across from this place of death, not to mention anyone else near the necropolis would bring their dead there. So it was used for fucking millennia, it seems like. But when Emperor Constantine became into power or came into power in 300 CE, he actually demolished parts of the Petrine Basilica and other buildings on the necropolis grounds. He wanted to build his own giant temple, an 88-column temple on top of the tomb of St. Peter. Now, Constantine converted to Christianity around this time. This was one of the reasons why he wanted to build a temple to show we're not like pagans anymore. We don't follow Roman, you know, pagan beliefs. And I, I do believe he actually stopped the circus also. Like, he stopped. He built on top of the necropolis, which made the necropolis unusable by this point in 300 CE because he was using it as a place to pretty much worship and start the other basilica. So, as I had said, this necropolis was used for centuries, to say the least, and it is decorated with pagan and Christian symbols. You might see doves and olive branches, but you'll see next to them satyrs, sun gods, and even some Egyptian gods on the wall. There are graves and tombs of the rich, the poor, and the slaves. There are stories on these walls that look like it was a story of Jonah and the whale next to the goddess Minerva and the god Jupiter. It's such an interesting thing to think of just all of that in one place. And it was just buried underneath everything. During the excavations in 1940s, archaeologists had opened up the necropolis, showing a 10,000 square foot site, unearthing more than 22 tomb buildings, which had up to 1,000 burials inside. This included men, women, and children. Some of the tombs had inscriptions on them. One of the tombs that was found was that of the Prince of the Apostles, a.k.a. St. Peter. Now, for those who don't know, St. Peter was one of the 12 apostles, okay? Just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> now, the inscriptions or the graffiti on the wall supposedly said, Peter is here. I want to mention that it does not say, it said that I want to mention that it says, is not was, okay, on this wall. He is here. It's not that he was, he is here. In the 40s, they were able to find a marble lined box that was like cut out from the rock. And in this box, they found a gold and purple cloth. They were also able to find bone fragments, which were sent off for testing and dating. When they got those results back, they discovered that the bones were of a man who passed away between the ages of 65 and 70 years old. And 
that this man was also about five foot six inches. A lot of this is still pointing to St. Peter. And it wasn't until 1968 when Pope Paul VI announced that the bones were of that of St. Peter. So it took him a while to actually announce it, but everyone already knew this, according to legend. Other treasures that were unearthed in the city of the dead was the tomb of Kate Enni. Now that's C-A-E-T-E-N-N-I-I. And all of my Italian family members are going to hate the fact that I have no idea how to pronounce these. But, you know, I I don't know, man. I don't know. Talk to mom. (laughs) So this tomb was the most rich and decorated tomb found. The names of the family members are on the altar. Many stucco figures and pictures of flowers are all over the walls. It is a pagan tomb with some Christian symbolism. The family in this tomb is a woman named Emilia Georgiania and her husband. This tomb is close to 15 feet high. 15 feet high. Just underneath rubble and dirt. One of the best preserved tombs found is the tomb of Marcy. Or Marky, M-A-R-C-I. It's the tomb of a husband and wife. The sarcophagus is so well-preserved that you can see a full story of the god Dionysus with the satyr and the god Bacchus as a baby. So well-preserved, just wasn't even touched by anybody after it was put in there. (laughs) The walls in this tomb of Marcy are full of Greek mythology with a well-preserved mosaic, just covered in dust. More than one pope was found to be buried inside the Vatican necropolis, and one of them was Pope Boniface VIII, which is pla- which, who, who is now placed in actually the Vatican grottos. My favorite tomb that was found in unearthed is that of the Egyptian tomb. This tomb has pictures of the god Horus, who is the god of the dead, in the center of the chamber. Archaeologists found six sarcophagi and what seemed like ashes of the dead, so there could have been more than just six bodies in there. What's really cool about this tomb is not only does it have an Egyptian god, but there's also more of the god Dionysus next to Fawns. I also read that there is a depiction of Bacchic rites, which makes sense if Dionysus was there, which I don't need to get into what those Bacchic rites are with Dionysus, but just know he likes to party, okay? And it's just so odd to have both of those cultures together in one. And I love it. Having Christianity with pagan gods and Egyptian gods together. Harmony and death. I don't know, man. It's just so cool to me. One part of the necropolis that I kept finding was the red wall. And it stood out to archaeologists mainly because of its color, a dark red. Red doesn't always last while underground or even exposed to the elements. It will fade fast. But this red wall had a lot of graffiti on it along with two tombs on each side. One of the marks above one of the tombs had the name Aurelius Caesar and his wife Faustina. And yes, that is Emperor Marcus Aurelius. And that wall dated back to 160 CE. I freaking love it, guys. Now, obviously, there's a lot with the necropolis. And there's you can go and visit it. It's a huge process. It's like a year in advance that you have to get in. But I I want to go so bad. And I think of a necropolis not just as a cemetery. It's so much more than that. There are designs on the walls, giant monuments to those buried there, mausoleums, archway, archways, with stories and mosaics on them. 
sarcophagi with brilliant carvings and etchings. The Vatican Acropolis was a resting site for so long and for so many, and it didn't matter your class or your religion. Some scholars believe that the necropolis started in 64 CE, and that is when Nero really started the circus and, you know, started killing for sport. I do believe it was much longer. Like, what, what did I say in the beginning that it started in, let me go back, to like freaking the 6th century C- BCE with um, the ancient p- people of Italy. So yeah, maybe Nero kind of made it even bigger, but I'm sorry, it was used a long time before that. When Constantine decided to build his basilica, he built on top of the City of the Dead, which buried the tombs and mausoleums forever. Then by 1949, when excavations had been underway, no one knew the gravity of what had been buried underneath them for so long. They kept finding more and more. And in 2003, this actually didn't stop. The Vatican actually decided in 2003 that the necropolis should be open to the public. So they started building a parking lot to fill in the space for new tourists. And as they were doing that construction, they opened up and unearthed more of the necropolis. I can't get over how exciting that is for me. Like, honestly, I I'm going to do probably a little more on necropolises just because there are multiple of them around the world. And it's nothing that we really do today with mausoleums and stuff like that. It's more like this is the cemetery and that's it. Leave it alone. But I really like the idea of the harmony and death and that this one spot was used for so long with so many different cultures. And we're now seeing that it was fine for them to be buried in the same cemetery, that it was fine for them to share the afterlife together. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So let me know what you think about necropolises, the cities of the dead, and just this episode in general. Put it in the comments or send me an email at weirdmythicpodcast.com. I would still love to talk to anybody who has been there. Send me any of your personal stories of paranormal encounters or cryptid encounters, which since I didn't put an episode up last week, I'm going to try to do two this week. I'm going to do this one and then possibly a cryptid episode. So if you want to hurry up and give me a suggestion, send it my way. Go to all my social medias and send me all your thoughts and feedback. That is Weird Mythic Podcast on Twitter, Weird Mythic Podcast on Instagram. Don't forget to check out my link tree, which is on all of those so you can get some shirts and whatnot. Weird Mythic Podcast on YouTube, Weird Mythic on TikTok. And please, again, my email, send me some stories, send me your encounters. Weird Mythic Podcast at gmail.com. Bye.